0: Welcome into the latest edition of Lockdown Sports Atlanta Hangout. We appreciate you guys stopping by and rocking with us, as always, because guess what? We're excited to talk a little bit about opening day. Braves did their thing up in the district. It was a good day for one Brave, not so good for another.
1: And coming up in the, in the deep dive, we got to talk about the Atlanta Falcons. What's the likely scenario to play out? We'll get to that. But first, we know, Chuck, tell them what the episode is brought to you by today.
2: Episodes brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started.
0: Love it, love it, love it. And listen, if you guys bet on the Braves, you bet right. Although it's been five years since we had an opportunity to see them get a win on opening day. They did get the win. It was a 72 victory over the Nats yesterday. But, John, it wasn't without happenstance. So of course we know Travis Darno had an absolute day as the DH with four or five on hits on the day, but Max Fried went down just trying to make a routine play to first base hamstring. And wow, you look at that and you think some John would say it's a good thing because it's early in the season. Some would say, wow, you just never want that to happen to your ace. But how do you look at it, John, in terms of the depth and how much this really could impact the Braves early?
2: Well, if it's only going to be a start, which that was kind of what Snitker said, then you could get away with a bullpen start come his rotation. I mean, if you pitch job Jesse Chavez and you go with a bullpen kind of game. Now, if he's going to the IL, then it's going to be multiple starts that he's going to yes. be out. Right. So mm-hmm. now you're looking at probably Ian Anderson or somebody like that that would come up. And I do think that they want to leave Anderson down in the minors to work on that third pitch and just kind of, Get him his mind and everything right, but you could have Anderson. But if it's just going to be one start, then it's probably going to be a bullpen game.
1: And and, I, and to add to that, I think Bryce Elder might be a good option as well because when you think about him coming in later, later towards the end of the season last last um, um year, he he had some good starts and he was a guy who showed some promise. And to be quite frank, like like Ian Anderson is a guy that I feel like should stay down, and Bryce Elder should be that choice because at the end of the day. You know, like I said, it's early in the season. Max Freed is a guy that, you know, he's gone through this before. Like he had a tweak of his hamstring back in 2021. And as soon as and he was out, he was down for about three weeks or so. And when he came back, we all know how 2021 ended for the Atlanta Braves. So hopefully this can be a situation where, hey, it's early. Go ahead and get everything situated. Be, be, more, be a little bit more cautionary than you normally would be. And then once he comes back, we know it's all good and it's on for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, and should the Braves decide to go the bullpen route, we saw an amazing turnout from the bullpen yesterday, of course, in that game with Colin McHugh, Jesse Chavez, A.J. Minter doing their thing, Dylan Lee keeping the Nats scoreless the rest of the way once Max Fried went down. So this, of course, is what we always call an embarrassment of riches, right? Another embarrassment of riches is at the catcher position with Sean Murphy and Travis Darnot. and We know Sean Murphy was just you know maybe a little bit shaky, but we'll call it rust in terms of what he was able to do both behind the plate and at the plate. But Travis Darnot in that designated hitter spot was one of the bright spots last night. Jarvis, what was one of the other bright spots or another bright spot or two? Because I thought there were several of them in in last night, yesterday's game.
1: You know what? I was I was impressed by Colin McHugh because you know that's my guy. I always call him like his, the little sniper. And the eighth inning got a couple runners on, and you know he was just as cool as a fan. And you know had runners on the corners and and got out of there with clean with no, with no um, with with no with no you know unscathed essentially. So I, I think that you know that bullpen is something that I feel like that we really didn't talk about that much. You know coming to the season, it was like who's going to play shortstop, who's going to play in left field, who's going to be the DH or or who's going to be that fifth starter. But I think that the the Braves bullpen I think a lot of people around the league are kind of like admiring them a little a little jelly you know when it comes to to see the depth that they have in the bullpen
2: yeah i think that the fact that the Braves scored 7 runs without a homer and they were yeah that's a big one too yeah with guys on with the guys in running in scoring position so they did not hit very well with runners in scoring position left a lot of guys on murphy left a lot of guys on himself but uh, they, they still find a way to get seven runs out of all of this. They had a couple of steals. They didn't homer. But the, the offensive depth of this lineup, you see how good this lineup is. And I'm going to be interested to see what tomorrow brings because with a right-hander on the mound, do you hit Harris at number two? Do you move Matt Olson around? Does Darno DH? I mean, there's going to be some questions about what the lineup is going to look like tomorrow with a right-hander on the mound.
0: And speaking of tomorrow, I can't wait to see Spencer Strider back on the mound. It'll be his debut, of course, for this season. But I got to agree. I got to tell Chuckery he stole my thunder because the thing I was looking at the most yesterday, to be honest, was runners in scoring position. Because if there was an Achilles heel to that 2022 team, it was runners leaving runners on base, quite quite frankly. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing. It should be an interesting duel up in the district between Spencer Strider and Josiah Gray. Now, speaking Of an interesting duel. We got one out of these last six games. I mean, you could really say that it's pretty much a duel this entire way for the Hawks. Of course, they're going to be up in BK tonight taking on the Nets. And this could be an opportunity for them to, of course, maybe for the first time in 31 games go, not the first time, but go back up one game over 500. They've been dueling. One game up, one game down at 500 for the last 31 games. But they actually have an opportunity to split this series with the Nets and more importantly, to just keep ground at the eighth position. But maybe, depending on, of course, what the Raptors and Bulls and everyone else kind of at the bottom will do in these next six games. So my question to you guys is this. Will the Hawks be able to, at a minimum, Hold Toronto off to keep that eighth seed, but more importantly, if some things kind of fall in their favor in these last last six games, do you think they've shown you enough to say, "Hey, if they do what they're supposed to do, they could jump into that sixth seed"?
2: Well, I don't think there's any chance of the sixth seed. They're still a game and a half behind, yeah, no four, yeah. or, or sorry, the Miami Heat, seed. Yeah, it's a I, long well,
0: shot, indeed.
2: Here, here's what I'll say. Can this regular season get over with? Can this be done? We, we still
0: have,
1: we have
2: two weeks of the regular season still to play. They don't end until April 9th. Like, my God, like how long has the NBA season drug on? And watching this franchise night in, night out, it's like, I mean, it's like the Baton death march to watch this team on a nightly basis. (laughs) Can they just get this over and tomorrow we go to the play-in round? Just forget all the other seedings and all that kind of stuff. Just go to the play-in round, know that you're going to be in it, and just just, just eliminate the last six games of the year because, God, this is just painful to have to watch night in, night out.
1: Yeah, and, and that's the thing, though, Chuck. I'm, I'm with you on that because, you know, T and I on ATL Day 1, we talk about it all the time. Like, all our expectations, gone out the window. Oh, like, yeah. you have none. No matter what they do. <laughs> it's, it's no reason to even uh, set yourself up for failure like that in life. But I think that when you think about these lags games, because for me, I'm, I'm interested in seeing the whole playoff atmosphere type situation, what this team would look like. and. Like I said, I still don't have any expectations, but I want to see them dropped in a scenario, and I want to see what this team will do under Quinn Snyder. But, you know, because at the end of the day, like – this they are literally playing for the opportunity to go up against the Boston yeah. Celtics. So, yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? Like, how you know it happened so, to the Bucks last night. Hey, so. yeah, yeah, you made it out of play-in. You're in the playoffs. Hey, go play against the doggone Boston Celtics. Like, like come I mean, on, man. What are we trying to talk about?
2: That's <laughs> the thing, Tanitra. I mean, look, even if you get through the play-in round, whether it's Boston, Milwaukee, Milwaukee. or Philadelphia, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're, we're going to be massive underdogs in that yeah. series. And, and yep. again, forget two years ago, like, Oh, well we beat Philadelphia. Okay. You're not beating Philadelphia. going no, yes. yes. playing- to <laughs> be the MVP of the league. The way that they're playing right now and Boston, we have no shot. Like again, just get this thing over with and let Quinn, I mean, first off let's see if Tony wrestler is going to get in the luxury tax yes, and then let yes. Quinn Snyder and Landry fields build this roster. Because again, I'm not learning anything about the Atlanta Hawks. I don't know anything more than I did a month ago when Quinn Snyder took. I mean, I don't know anything more. I I know that we're still not a very good basketball team. And his record of the three coaches that we've had is the lowest percentage win percentage of the three. But again, I'm not learning anything. Get me through the playing around. Get this thing over with. And let's move to the offseason.
0: Yeah, and I agree with you. At at this point, the thing I'm learning and the thing I'm watching is just what the motion is for those players that are trying to fight for their Hawks' lives. In other words, those who are being evaluated to decide if they can actually fit into what Quinn Snyder wants to do next year. I mean, I think we're all kind of at that point as well. So, of course, you know I say the six seed tongue in cheek because when you look at it strength of schedule wise this is one of the the Hawks of course have one of the toughest of the strengths of schedule of those teams that are kind of clustered at the bottom of the East but speaking of that you know John one of the things I have liked in all of the frustration of the last month and obviously this entire season but it's guys that are kind of showing us some different things that they've kind of developed in the toolbox that maybe they're finally starting to show wow they can be something special for this team or potentially help to bolster this roster into being something else next season and one of those guys and Jarvis Does I lo- love this, the, his play to pieces and that's Onyeka Okongu. like what he's been able to do the entire month of March I mean in every statistical category he's gone up four points on his average per game he's gone up three rebounds he's gone up two blocks I mean it's been amazing to be able to, to see what he's been able to do and I love seeing it whether he's at the four and you know i kind of prefer him there but anyway love seeing him at the four love seeing him at the five always interested to see what it's going to look like with cc and double o out there but john i just can't say enough about hey if there's nothing else that i want to see in these last six games it's really what on is able to do and if jalen johnson gets upgraded again to question he's at questionable right now if he gets upgraded again to like probable or available within these next couple games i'd love to see what his game is looking like too
2: well, I, I read something that Okongu said that uh, very recently here that he could be a top 10 shot blocker in the league. And, and mm-hmm. I've talked about this on the podcast about is he ready to – if 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 they would move on from Clint Capella. Because if they're not going to go in the luxury tax, they're going to have to move one of those big salaries. Yes. So it's either – Collins, Capella, DeAndre Hunter, like one of those guys is going to have to go because they're going to they're play with Bogey. They're going to play with Trey Young. I think they're going to play with DeJounte Murray, but they're going to have to get one of those big salaries off the books. Is Okongwu ready to step into that role if he's the starting five? I don't know that he is. I don't know if he's ready for 82 games of being a starting center in the NBA. That's a whole different life. It's one yeah. thing to be coming off the bench. It's a whole nother thing to start 82 games or whatever you end up starting and things like load management and injuries and different things like that. But, um, but I, I, I definitely like the role. Like I would keep Capella and give him one more year and just continue to develop a Congu. let him still come off the bench. And then maybe the following year, now you're ready for a Kongu to be a, a, an everyday starter for this team.
0: But could you see the could you see a scenario, John, next season where Double O moves to the four and Clint Capella is still at your five, and you've now said the the one contract, the big contract that you're going to get rid of, is that John Collins contract? I mean, Jarvis, do you see a scenario where that could play out?
1: I like that scenario. Uh, You see how that piqued my interest because I I think that's kind of thinking outside of the box from a standpoint of if you're going to because Onyeku is a guy who not necessarily have to run the pick and roll through because Clint can still be that main, that 1-5 pick and roll type guy and then Oyeka kind of figures out how to get points and he's you know, he can go get, go bang and be a guy that can contribute from a shot blocking standpoint because that's what we've been asking John Collins to do. Now he's shown it from time to time, but you know, he kind of falls into the whole like, let me give me the rock and get out the way type dude. No, that's not John Collins' game and Oyeka, I think he will embrace that role because that's what they need him to do in that fourth slot. So I, I, I think that might be something that Quinn Snyder might do now. But you know, you still have to figure out what type of production you're gonna get coming off your bench. Now you may be able to get that from Jalen Johnson. He's able to come healthy, establish himself as that guy that can play that four or five. You know, if you want to go small and, and play on small ball a little bit, I think that. But yeah, that is, that's something that I feel like the Hawks may need to strongly consider. Tanitra out here dropping Tanitra mantras in the in, in the NFL, and and then she out here playing dog on GM for the uh, for the Hawks too, man. Hey, look, hey, look, I'm all on board for that team. Uh, yeah, let's, let's let's roll with that and, and figure out how to get John Collins off the team because I, you know y'all know how I am. I feel about him. Right,
0: Chuck Ray, I'm looking at that face of yours. I, I'm, I, I'm thinking. I, I see the those only, wheels the spinning. That I, the only thing that I'll
2: say is I. I I still like Okongwu's value off the bench. I, I think if you go with either yeah. Galen Johnson or if you go, if you go with a Sadiq Bay as another guy that, you yeah. know, I think Sadiq mm, Bey is going to yes. be here. So yes. if you put one of those guys in as your starter, I just like the idea of Okongwu could come off the bench and play either four or five versus pairing him and Capella up. I get the theory of it, but the practicality of what this roster maybe is is a little bit tougher to do that. I think his value for now is still coming off the bench and being that swing four or five and getting rebounds, being that shot blocker. And honestly, you know, other than Capella, he's our only legitimate rim protector. So
1: absolutely, you, you've
2: got yeah. to have a guy that, that, you know, stays at that kind of spot to pre- be able to protect the rim against these offenses. Indeed.
1: Yeah. So I think, I think that, you know, once you get to that point, It'll be in a, a likely scenario like the that Sadiq Bay trade is starting to get more and more valuable as as the Hawks roll along, and I think that Quinn Snyder and Landry Fields they gonna they gonna have some they got some things to work figure out, but. The good thing, a good thing about that is, is the fact that they have pieces to, they have solutions. They have solutions on their roster. Like we always talk about the Braves and how, how they always got solutions right there. They got the depth and and, and magnitude good. to be able to figure that thing out. Hey, That's guess the what, first guys? Time we've
0: had that conversation this yes. entire season where we're talking about the bench mob and we're actually talking about pieces on the bench.
1: Yeah, that's. How about this, y'all? Y'all, you know, talking about some pieces. Like, how about some money? We were talking about some FanDuel because it is the number one sports book in America. Because you guys rocking with us on the ATL hangout on a Friday on our one year anniversary. Y'all guys been rocking with us and kicking it with us um for a whole year right now, and we are almost at six thousand subscribers. So really appreciate you guys for that. But hey, for all the new customers, FanDuel got a really special thing. So check this out. They got the no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. All you got to do is just download the app. It's super safe, secure, and it's easy to use. No flu gags in this. They got, they're not going to be selling off your information and all that stuff. Just go there, and you can go get some money. You can even bet on the money line, point scores, and threes drained. It's easy, y'all. The Hawks play tonight. I. At Brooklyn, so gay, go and drop some money on there. They got everything right there just for you. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't make the first sweat, no sweat first bet, excuse me, up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more, make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA.
0: And if you guys were betting folks that Calais Campbell was going to come here when we heard about the possibility of that last week, then you would have bet right because he's here officially they made it official official the falcons did today the signing of calais campbell to a one-year deal seven mil with the possibility of going to 10 mil with incentives and it's so interesting because we know things like the 99 career sacks if you will across 15 seasons we know about the forced fumbles and the four defensive touchdowns and all those things you know i saw an interesting stat today that i wanted to throw out there to you guys as well just because it reminded me of the versatility that he can be even if he's not an every down guy Eight blocked field goals. That is third most since the NFL merger. And for me, that spoke to versatility. So I'm going to use two V words, and I want you guys to react to that for me. So versatility is the one word that I think of when it comes to Calais Campbell. But a lot of people think about the veteran presence. So, John, I want you to pick one of the Vs. Jarvis, you pick the other V and tell me which one you pick and why that what what does that mean when you hear Calais Campbell and that particular word in the same sentence?
2: Well, I mean, look, I I think that his value isn't just ah, I like
0: that one, field. too. <laughs> mm, yeah.
2: yeah, I think his yeah. value isn't just on the field, but in the locker room, what yes. he means, you know, behind. I mean, again, part of the conversation that Arthur Blank had with him in what sold him was a lot of the off-the-field stuff, right? So his value right. is not just on the field. It's in the locker room. It's from a leadership role. And again, I will say, this is why I'd really like to get my hands on either Jalen Carter or mm. Keon White, who's a bigger... We've said the same, yes, John. Yes, yes. absolutely. Like I, I, would like to get, I would like those guys to come here mm-hmm. and be in, you know, in the locker room with Calais Campbell and just learn from him and, and, and get that mentoring and different things like that. You know, even more than a Nolan Smith, because Clays Campbell, six, eight, 300 pounds. I mean, he's a big productive guy. So Mm -hmm. give me Jalen Carter or give me a Keon white and let those guys work with him and develop and learn how to master their craft and things like that. But his value is going to be not just on the field, but obviously in the locker room as well.
1: And I, I'm, I'm going to go with the versatility piece, right? Because that's a, that's all we've heard from Ryan Nielsen, right? Like, that's that's what he preaches. That's what he's coached. A guy like Cameron Jordan, who's kind of been that guy who can go between playing defensive tackle on pass rush downs and on first and second down being, a, being that edge guy. And that's what Calais Campbell brings to the table as well. Now, he's 37 years old, oldest defensive lineman in the league, so he won't be able to do that as much as he used to. But... Like like John said, like the value of him being there and that versatility, be able to switch from being that edge guy early in early downs and being that run stopping type of guy, and he can slide down into that that defensive tackle role when it's time to rush the passer. So I think that the value, the versatility, all those things kind of run uh kind of are co- coherent with what the the Falcons are trying to do. We even heard Arthur Smith talk about that as well, as far as when he's talking about Kyle Pitts and the unicorn and moving them around at the X and the Z lined up at tight end, or he's got his hand in the dirt, you know, blocking on first and second down. So that's what this team has been preaching. I'm just glad that it's finally coming to fruition and being, and we're actually seeing it. Not only they talk about it, but we're actually seeing it. Now it's all the time. All they got to do now is just go out there and perform.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and listen, it, it, just, let me just say to real quick. The other thing that this has to lead to is your other V word, victories, because that's what yes. this all has
1: to <laughs> That's yes. where I was This doing. is year three. <laughs> you got me. Yeah. Yes. You got me. Yeah, I, I,
0: would, I would say the same. And, and here's the thing. You're looking at it from a production perspective as well. Five and a half sacks is five and a half sacks. That's a quarter, pretty much a quarter of what the Falcons came up with as an entire defense last year. So there's still a lot, to me, enough left in that tank to, be, to, to have some type of impact, if you will, to your point, John, to actually get victories. But also... Jarvis, to your point, kind of set it up for that that next generation. And it actually made me think. So, like veteran presence, it made me think of another V, and that's Vince Carter. So when Vince Carter came into the locker room for the Hawks, really one of his jobs was to mentor Trey Young. And I can recall being in the locker room sometimes, and Vince was kind of like the last guy we'd usually interview because hey, Vince talks in like books versus sentences so you know you kind (laughs) of interview him at the end but he was like this wise old sage right and there was just this level of respect that I saw Trey give to Vince and Vince would always be in that locker room kind of giving him advice here and there and you then see him put that into action in the next game or two so I think that piece is important having somebody like that who still has enough in the tank to be viable and Vince Carter agreed to come back for a second season. Same thing for Lou Williams, by the way, he, some of what we're seeing right now, and Onyeka Okongwu can be credited to what Lou Williams was able to do with that second unit while he was here. So you do expect those types of impacts. And I think you guys would know even more than I, because I wasn't here at the time when Dwight Freeney was here. But I've heard such yeah. positives about the yeah. impact that he had on the guys in the locker room. So swinging it back from my example from you know basketball and the Hawks back to an actual Falcons player, to me, that kind of harkens back to that. And I'm thinking, OK, all around, this is just an exciting and a great move for the Falcons.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. now I'm, I'm with you on that T, because, like the the the, the value that Freeney brought to that team, and not only the team, but just specifically Vic Beasley, because you know Vic Beasley he was a one trick pony, or remainder one trick pony after uh, Dwight Freeney left, and Dwight Freeney kind of showed us some things when it comes to a counter move. Because hey. This is the NFL, dog. Like you need more than one one trick in the bag, and we knew that you know Vic was going to go to that speed rush time and time again. And then Dwight Frenny said came in, came along and, and introduced him to some life, you know, some some uh, a secondary move. Like, hey man, why don't you try this spin move every now and then? You don't got to do it all the time. Just drop it in there every now and then, and you might end up at the quarterback. And that's what Vic Beasley did by leading the leading the league in sacks because. At the end of the day, a lot of people talking about, oh, well, you're the mentorship. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Like, we need production from this cat. You know what I'm saying? Like, we need four, five sacks. Like you said, uh, Chuck always talked about how, hey, we need 40 sacks. However you give the 40 Mm -hmm. sacks is you're going, you're going to be in a good space at the end of the year. And I think that as long as Calais Campbell gets close to that number, that three or four sacks, I'm cool with that seven mil. But the thing about – the the main thing is, though, getting behind these young cats, right, the Arne Ebikettis of the world, you know, whoever they draft with the eighth overall pick, hopefully somebody to put their hand in the dirt, and Jalen Carter, or even a Tyree Wilson if they want to go that route. So I think all of these – these moves, the Falcons have been made. I, I really wholeheartedly believe that it's setting up for them to kind of draft a guy maybe that can, you know, rush the passer with the eighth overall pick. Because when you think about the environment, that locker room with Grady Jarrett, Calais Campbell, you know, uh, David Onyemeta, you know, all those veteran guys who, who've been successful in the NFL, like it's hard. It's going to be really hard. If they add to that room, it's going to be really hard for that, for that young man to fail.
2: Yeah, I think there's two quick things that uh, they – when they brought Dwight Freeney in, I don't think they expected very much production out of him as far as mm-hmm. on the field goes. It was a lot of locker room and mentoring and different things like that. Clayus Campbell's a guy that they look at that is going to help He's them on the game. field as right. well. Yeah. Now, I brought this up yesterday on the podcast that he had – he played 14 – he had 14 games, 14 starts – Last year, so it's hurt three games. Eleven of those games, he played in 60% or more of the snaps for the Ravens. I don't think he gets to that kind of level. So Mm -hmm. I, I would naturally tell you that probably part of his production will go down some, but you know, even if he can contribute, whatever, three or four sacks, you know, whatever. Again, we're trying to just build that number up to. Thirty-eight, forty, and become a playoff caliber defense. But they are, I think, going to rely on his ability, you know, on the field, even more than what they did with Freeney back when they, when they signed him.
0: Yeah. Well, John, my mantra on ATL day ones and John, of course, is hitting hard with John Chuckery. I say all, I said it yesterday, and I'll say it again. While I love all of the off the field community service and civic efforts, you guys know I'm about that. No, just get after somebody. Like literally. Yeah, just right. get yeah, home. No doubt. And yeah. Let me see somebody yeah. on his back. Line. All mm-hmm. every down you're in there if if we could have our you know our druthers. So but well, yeah, I mean, it's- but, but, but but to be honest, I mean
2: they're I mean, we can deny all this that we want, but there is that Falcon filter. They they have always gone after oh,
0: yes. yes. no, high character no
2: guys. And yes. you know, look, you've got Grady Jarrett and Clayus Campbell. Those guys are Walter Payton Mans of the Year. I mean, yes. there is a real strong influence in that locker room to get all of their young guys up, not just one specific guy, but get everybody to elevate, you know, their game off the field in the locker room and and really kind of provide that leadership.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he definitely fits the bill. He fits the the template, if you will, that we've always seen in flowery branch. So couldn't agree with you more on that one but I still just want to see him. I'm going to just keep saying it. Yep. I just want to go to a game and I just want to see some guy in the dirt, in the dirt, in the dirt come next season. But what I also want to see this weekend is March madness coming to an amazing end. If you're somebody who likes brackets that were busted because brackets got busted all over the place, but it's going to be nail biting, whether it's the women's, tournament, which I'll be watching, or whether it's the men's tournament, it is an absolute nail-biter, but you can eat a built Bar and that should settle you down pretty much. And you can go to builtmarchmadness.com, and that should really settle you down because you could vote for your favorite bar. So if you're like me, if you like Almond or churro or chocolate chip or maybe you or chocolate rather or maybe you just like puffs i don't know maybe you like puffs if you do that's a place for you to stop and vote for your favorite team vote for your favorite bar vote for your favorite puff and you could be one of 50 locked on listeners who if you do you can actually get the free free so you get free built bars and we'll pick one yes you heard me Just one. So, one of you guys will be super duper lucky and you will actually get product delivered to your door for a year. How do you do it? You do it by going to builtmarchmadness.com. And don't forget, this is a healthy way to get over your stress, right? This is a healthy way. Or if it's a fun way and you want to celebrate another Braves win tomorrow, then this can be a fun place for you to do it because we're talking 130 calories. Look, the three of us, we're trying to get summer fine. So no, not, that, ma- no. that matters to us. We're You're trying to get summer fine season,
1: here. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and we've still
0: got 15 grams of protein, which is awesome, and just four grams of sugar. So don't forget, you got to go to ATL Day Ones. You got to go to Hitting Hard with John Chuckery. But after you stop by our locked on sports shows, make sure you go to builtmarchmadness.com. Now, guys, you know what it is now, right? Yeah. time for Mm -hmm. For the Culture. And it's so interesting because I want you guys to kind of talk about your journey here as well because one of the things that our shows are about is the culture of Atlanta, right? And so just about a year ago, we launched Locked On Sports Atlanta, our network to bring you guys all things Atlanta sports, but of course, mix in a little flavor like only Chuckery can do, mix
1: in a little flavor like only Jarvis can do, and hopefully, I'm bringing up the rear
0: as well. It has just been such an amazing run. Like I think, you know, John, when we were approached a year ago, I mean, what what was your thought when you got that first phone call? Like, hey, we're interested in the possibility of bringing this particular podcast network to Atlanta, and we want you to be a part of it.
2: Well, it, it's funny because, you know, Jarvis was still producing my radio show at, at that time. <laughs> so, yes! You know, so- I,
0: mean,
2: we were, I mean, we were working together on a nightly basis, so we yeah. were, you know, conversing behind the scenes about all this stuff that was going on. I mean, you know, David Locke had reached out to us and, you know, he, he had first reached me through uh, uh, my DMs and then, you know, we... Talked and things like that, and and I knew that he was talking to a lot of different people, and you know we had three or four conversations, things like that. But but it was interesting that you know when Jarvis and I were talking about this opportunity, that I thought, okay, this is you know I I'll be honest with you, I never thought I would get in the podcast business. Like mm, I never, yeah, I, I yeah. never thought about that. This that was really completely foreign to me. But the idea of being able to get daily content out. To the public and, and getting my opinions out on a daily basis because yeah. sometimes i mean we don't always are on at night i mean with play by play and different things like that you know on my radio show so being able to get out five days a week of content it was very an, a very interesting concept for it and look i mean david runs a great organization i mean yeah. this is a top flight organization that he runs so i mean once it all kind of came together i mean i leapt at the opportunity to say okay i want to mm-hmm. be a part of all of this oh yeah
1: and- And I'll never forget my first conversation with David. And to be honest, which I think we talked for like two hours, like the first time. Yeah, (laughs) on a Sunday night. It was late, too. And I was just like, man, why am I talking to this random dude that just slid in my DMs on Twitter? (laughs) It just hit me up. So, but yeah, it was, it's, it's really been an experience. It's really been cool. And I think when you think about where we are. You know, right now with Locked On Sports Atlanta, you know we, we're we're doing some really good things as far as putting out good content and and like I said, the variety of shows that we do have. You know, and you gotta give a quick shout out to I got Grant McCauley as well for all things Braves. Make sure you guys check that out on Lock, on the Locked On Braves podcast. After every Braves game, they will be there for you. Uh Jake and Grant are over there doing some wonderful work. But yeah, I think overall. And I'm kind of like you, Chuck. I didn't think I had no. I I never thought about doing a podcast, yeah. you know just just on my own every day. Like when you think about that, you know, having because most podcasts drop one, two, two, two to three times a week, right? But, if that, you know, yeah. if that, you know what I mean. So it, yeah. sometimes once a week, but but when you talk about doing it every day, and like you're saying, give my opinion, and that's why I, I had to I had to pounce on that opportunity as well because you know I got something to say. You know, I was doing my thing producing, Chuck, but like you said. Once, once I was able to get behind one of these, it was just like a really cool opportunity that I had to jump on.
0: Yeah, I, I would say the same. I had a really good conversation with David. And literally, I felt the same way as you, John. It was like you you hear about so many of these podcasts. And, you know, Jarvis and I have one like once a week, if you will. We started off with a show and a studio. Then the pandemic hit. So then we had to move it online. And we kind of played around with iterations of it on Instagram and Facebook. And then ultimately, we got to where we needed to be. And one of the things I liked about this was the professionalism. I felt like the graphics and I felt like the philosophy and just trying to help us to continue to grow as hosts each and every week with the newsletters that come out, just all of the little pieces there, right. That make this such a professional organization that, yeah, this is not podcast in your mom's basement, not even close. <laughs>
2: yeah. You know? And that's, that's a really good point because I, when when we were having discussions, not with just David, but when Carl was involved in, and, and we were getting direction from, okay, this is what we're going to do. They're reaching out and talking about graphics and music and yes, all this yeah like, Oh, okay. Like this is something that is a real legitimate network. And, and you just see like, once you're in it, I mean, you see how well locked on is run. I mean, from an organization standpoint and look Jarvis, you know, I mean, again, you can speak to your you're meeting with folks every day. I mean, you have weekly meetings and different things like that where you guys bounce ideas off one another, look at different results and things like that. So, I mean, it's it's a very professional organization. And, and look, if, if so, I mean, if there's always shows that are starting up and things like that, I mean, you could do a lot worse than be a part of the locked on network yeah. with you know, whatever sport that you cover or whatever like that. I mean, again, they they do literally every sport. I mean, hockey, basketball, football, college College, sports. I mean, everything is available to you that, you know, this is not some kind of Mickey Mouse organization. They they really kind of focus on putting an emphasis on the presentation, what we do, how we look and everything like that.
0: And even yeah. having the opportunity to be on air. I mean, if you have, for example, here in the local market, if you have the 11 Alive app, you can see us. So those right. are little nuances as well. Or if you have Roku, you can go. I mean, just to be able to like turn on a TV and be able to see our podcast, that's like that's mind blowing, but it also speaks to what you guys are saying. Next level, and I can't wait for what year two looks like because I'm sure David is cooking up something in the lab to oh, make some already in the works. And better- exactly. <laughs> <20 hours. laughs>
2: and you know what's funny, Tanitra? You know, and and we all know this because we do the Sports Extra show on on Eleven Alive. Yes. Live. yes. Yeah. And when you go in the studio. They they have their videos set up and and they've got like a I don't know what whatever you call it like a like a a big green screen kind of like deal that it's a projector on there. Our content is always on in their studio, like it's mm-hmm. always on. Like I every time I go into their TV studio, it's like you, you just see that we're talking about something, you know I mean? They're playing our shows and stuff like that. So listen, I mean, we, we've gotten great exposure from Tegna. You go on their websites and you go on 11 alive and all that. I mean, it's, there is a massive footprint that we've been able to create yes. through a lot of different platforms on this podcast.
1: Yeah. And I think it's, and I think we're looking, I think the thing that the main thing that you all that mentioned, I think that it really is, is really key. It, part of the, all of this conversation is the fact that that growth, piece right cuz it's yeah. always always thinking about that's what I love about this company you know you know being able to not only continue to do what you do you know putting out good content but always thinking about like trying to think ahead as far as like okay how can we get ahead of the game how can we be number 1 how can we remain number 1 in this podcasting game so I think that that's the conversation that I always love to have and kind of just be around and be a fly on the wall to kind of listen to because I never forget like when we posted our first shows it was on a friday uh, uh on april 1st of last year it was a friday and i'm sitting up here it's like he's like five o'clock and then next thing you know i see david lock numbers pop up in my phone he's like jarvis how many shows do you have up i was like uh zero <laughs> he, he's like hey man we gotta get those things up and i'm mean, going chuck i know Chuck was like man is it shows up yet you know what we're gonna do and i'm sitting I'm like man like there's some things that I don't know how to do that I'm gonna have to figure out really quickly. But yeah, once everything got up though, like it was it was all up from there. So yeah, it's been really, really, a really cool experience so far.
0: Yeah, and I love the fact that we do things like I don't know about you guys, but I have certain shows on TV that I watch, and I'll sometimes I'll watch like the uh, the cross shows, if you will, like when uh, Law and Order does a cross show or when the Chicago mm-hmm. shows do a cross show. And I love how we do that as well. We've been in other markets dropping knowledge. We've been on national shows like locked on sports today. So it, it just continues to evolve. We thank you guys so much for rocking with us this first year. And we hope that you continue to rock with us again. Don't forget you have to check out hitting hard with John Chuckery. It is appointment listening and viewing because my guy always has something that no one else mm-hmm. thinks of as he likes to say that water cooler talk, That's where you go. And don't forget about us here at ATL Day Ones. We will give you any and everything that you need for the culture of Atlanta and there's Locked On Sports today. So we don't just keep it local, we keep it national as well because you could go there. I am sure that they are talking about the final four, both men's and women's side. They're probably reacting to any and everything that happens in the NFL. Of course, they're probably on Lamar Jackson Watch 2, among other things. So anything that you want to hear about. And today's that day, I think where we're going to hear about the CBA and where it goes in the NBA. Locked On Sports today, that's where you find out all the good, good from a national perspective. And they also have take of the day so as we wrap up guys i'm going to give you one more chance to say whatever it is that you want to say to take us out
2: no i just i'll say real quickly that um you know we thank everybody for being a part of our audience and look we've we literally started out from ground zero like we started Mm -hmm. with zero youtube subscribers zero listeners it was april 1st of last year when we launched this thing and i mean we were like really at zero of everything out there and now we've grown whether it's youtube or downloads and everything like that so we thank you so much for being a part of the show and being a part of the audience every day with us
1: um i'll i'll second that motion and, and to add to and to add to that i just think that i really appreciate the people you know who have coming up us coming up to us whether it be in the gmt or or at, at, an, at a at a a a dealership or when i'm getting my oil changed like hey you Jarvis like yeah that's me you know and I appreciate you guys for you know being willing to to come up to because you know that takes a little certain kind of nerve to be able to you know approach someone like that essentially a complete stranger I don't look at you as a stranger because hey you guys been rocking with us like I said each and every day and I will appreciate you and love you for it because hey you know, without you all, you ain't know us. <laughs> we won't get to year two if you guys don't continue to uh, come and rock with Hitting Hard with John Checker and uh, ATL day one. So we appreciate you. We love you and we thank you guys.
0: Thank you, guys. Hey, listen, we started from the bottom. We're here and Locked On Sports. Locked On Sports Atlanta is not going anywhere. So come back. We'll see you guys on the other side. Have a great weekend. It's actually beautiful outside. So we'll see you on the other side talking Falcons, Braves, Atlanta United, Hawks, and everything that is Atlanta sports. See ya. Peace. <laughs> cool.
1: Okay. Cool. That's a wrap. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Happy yeah.
0: one year anniversary, guys. I gotta run. I gotta yeah. get to Brookhaven. Brookhaven rather by one o'clock.
1: All right, T. Take it right, easy. Have a great weekend. All right, you too. All right. See see you, guys. See you, too. Be good. Oh, um,
2: next Friday.